man. Go I had to hug Gary. Uh, that is great. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Okay, you can use sit down if you can. If you can't, I don't care. I'm, you can stay standing for all I care. It's a good day. Y'all good this morning? You doing all right? I know y'all looking at me, aren't you? Y'all like, he ain't got no jacket. Then some of y'all going, oh, dog, he got Jordans on. I know I'm old, I'm 55, but black don't crack. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, y'all. I should have eased you into my blackness, huh? I know some of y'all are going, what is this? <laughs> okay, look, my name Reggie Dabbs. I live in South Florida. I was born in Tennessee. So you got a black Southern preacher up in your house for the next three days. So y'all got to get it going on up in here. I could tell some of y'all been watching some Medea movies getting ready for this, all right? So it's okay. So now look, just in case you a northern Minnesota, Bemidji kind of brother, I've been there. <laughs> let, me help, let me help you out. We don't, there, there ain't no strangers up in here for three days. We just all family, all right? So number one, you got you to gotta, you gotta talk to your neighbor. You got to talk to your neighbor. So just look at somebody and say, all right, all right, all right. Turn to the person on the other side of you. Do it again. Say, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> number two, you got to talk to the preacher. Somebody say, come on, Reggie. Come on, Reggie. Oh, that's good. And number three, you got to have a good time. Now, let me help you out because I know we at an institute of higher learning some of you already have an opinion of me. Just so you know, I don't care. <laughs> I am 55 years old, little brother. I could care less what you think about me. And there ain't no nail prints in your hand, ain't no hole in your side, ain't no crown of thorns up on your head. So guess what? You really don't matter, all right? And if you want to go to heaven, you better start loving the black man this morning. I'm just saying. Somebody go ahead and look at your neighbor and say, for three days? No, it's only, no, it's only two. We're almost done with this one. I, so today, I just want you to know, I used to sit right up in that section up in there. And I decided to let you know my three sermons that I will preach today, tomorrow, and Friday morning. It's three things I wish somebody had preached when I was here. Y'all good? So number one, this is today's. The title of my session this morning is simply this. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. All right, sign lady, you got that? I got to get out of here. I'm sorry, let me help you out. I have to get out of here. It just don't sound right, you know what I'm saying? I got somebody touch your neighbor and say, I got to get out of here. Touch your other neighbor and say, I got to get out of here. Okay, let me help you out. Let me help you out. Let me tell you where this came from. Let me tell you where this came from. Let me show you where it came from. Now, first of all, you know, the whole introduction, who I am, where I'm from, what I do. I'll be honest, y'all. I'm not like, I'm not your, I'm not your preacher. I don't, I only preach 20% of my time. 80% of what I do is in the marketplace. 
CNN, the news network, says I'm the number one communicator to young people in the world. I speak face-to-face in public schools to 1.5 million kids every year. And um, all that started, the dream to do that started right there. Right up there, right in this balcony. In this. So if you are studying to be that, that literature person, that businessman, that businesswoman, hey, there's nothing wrong with making something new. I mean, there's nothing wrong with coloring outside the lines. Because people looked at me and said, you'll never make it doing that. Who's going to let you speak in public school? I cannot say Jesus. I don't need to say Jesus. Hope comes in a way that it makes people want to find out who you really are after you're done speaking. Yeah, I'm just saying. So today, I just want you to know it might not come across like what you hear on church on Sunday. I don't want to come across like what you hear on church on Sunday. I wasn't born to be the brother who you come and see in church on Sunday morning. I was born to seek and to save the lost in the name of Jesus. And that's what I get to do. Somebody say, I got to get out of here. So I get to speak all around the world, all around the world. This past summer alone, I went in May. I was in New Zealand, Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, and China, and Japan. Then I went in July. I, did, um, I did, went to Europe. I went to London, and I also did uh, Stockholm, and I also went to, uh, and I just do these schools. And then during the school year, it starts, actually, it started uh, in the middle of August. I was at the State Teachers Conference in Texas, and then schools in New Mexico, and now Next week, I'll be in Modesto, California, in the Northern California area doing schools as well. This is what I do all year long. During the course of that, I will also drop in to uh, places like um, Minneapolis, Minnesota, also Cincinnati, Ohio, Dallas, Texas, to Chicago. I'll go to um, places like that because in Dallas, I'll speak to the Dallas Cowboys. In Chicago, I'll speak to the Bears in uh, and this is what I do. I speak to the National Football League players. I'm a motivational speaker. We're called pro player speakers. Are y'all getting this? And it all started right there. It all started right there. Right up in that balcony. Now people think I'm something. I ain't nothing. I'm just a brother from another mother. I still carry my own bags. I won't, I don't, I don't. They come pick me up, take me if I'm speaking at a church, and they open the back door, and I go, nah, bro. <laughs> I'm going to sit up front with you. I'm not, nah, ain't none disrespect. Those guys, they need somebody to take them. They probably don't know how to drive anymore. But you know what? As long as I'm able, I came to be a blessing, not a curse. I don't need, I'm not a needy brother. Someday I might need somebody to push me in a wheelchair, but for right now, I came to help you. I just came to love on you. And here's the deal. There's somebody in this room. You're the reason why I came. There's somebody in this room. You need to hear this. So what do you say? Let's do it. Somebody say, I got to get out of here. Touch your neighbor and say, I got to get out of here. It was late, late at night, and a man was walking through a cemetery. He cut through the cemetery because he wanted to get home quicker than he normally would because his mama, she making food, and he wanted to eat, and it was meatloaf night. You know what I'm saying? So he would cut through the cemetery every time just to get home. What he did not know was on this particular night, they had a funeral the next day, so they had just dug a hole, a six-foot hole. He didn't think it was there. He didn't know it was there. He fell in that hole. 
walking through the cemetery late at night. Now he in a six-foot hole. And man, they dig them thing. He's trying to grab dirt. He's trying to climb out. He's working for 10, 15, 20 minutes. All of a sudden, talking to himself out loud, he says, I ain't never going to get out of here. And a voice behind him said, I don't think I am either. Somehow that brother had a whole new reason to get out of that hole. And he got himself up out that hole. You got to understand, you got to understand, somebody in this room is in a situation where you think you can't get out of. You think it's too deep for you. You look around and watch everybody raising their hands, singing to God, and you're like, what have I done so wrong that I can't be like them? Well, baby, you wasn't made to be like them. You were made to be like you. Good, bad, hurt, sad, happy, sad, don't matter. You were made to be like you. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I sit up there, there was days I did not know what to do. Let me help you out. Before I read my scripture, let me help you out. Here's the way it goes. I had to go to New Zealand. I had to go to New Zealand from Florida. It's a long way. It's a long way. Matter of fact, to get to New Zealand from Florida, you get on a plane, you fly to Texas. From Texas, you fly to California. From California, New Zealand. Let me break it down time-wise. It's crazy, y'all. All right, so first of all, from Florida to Texas is like two hour flight, cool, no problem. From Texas to California, four and a half hours, cool, no problem. From California to New Zealand, 15 hours and 32 minutes. But it's cool, they got free, free, free TV. All you gotta do is watch all the Lord of the Rings and you there. You be blind cause that TV that big, all right? But you there, go to the doctor, get your eyesight back, all right? So, 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 so here's what happened. I get on the first plane. Everything's cool. We get to Texas. Everything's fine. I get on the second plane, going to California. The plane broke. The plane broke. The plane broke. Okay, stop. I got a girl in the balcony looking at me going, uh-oh, his plane broke. He crashed. No, baby. I did. It broke on the, look, I'm too big to be in a plane crash, all right? If Reggie in a plane crash, I'm dying. Whoever sitting beside me, she dead too, all right? <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all, I'm just saying. It was on the ground. They had to fix it. It took them three hours to fix that plane. When they finally got it fixed and we get to California, I had to run from one terminal to the other to get my plane to get there. I had to get there. I had to speak in schools in New Zealand. So I'm running. All you can hear. I don't know if you've ever seen people run through the airport. It's pretty cool. But I'm pretty sure y'all ain't never seen a 300-pound black man running through the airport because that's awesome, all right? I'm just, all you can hear is, look out, women grabbing children, ladies grabbing their purse, some dude yelled, ISIS is coming, I didn't know what he was trying to say. I didn't have time to ask. When I got to like Air New Zealand, I was tired. I'm like, the lady behind the desk like, you all right? I'm like, she said, are you all right? Are you going to New Zealand? She said, the plane's gone. I said, what? She said, the plane's gone. I said, you left me? You can't leave me? She goes, what's your name? I said, Reggie. She said, what's your last name? I said, Dabs. <laughs> Donovan Morris, that was for you. All right. Now look. Where you at? Oh, there you are. Amen. Amen. Y'all, I'm going to let it out of the bag. I might as well. Donovan Morris is my nephew. And so uh, one of the main reasons I'm here the next three days is because Donovan Morris. I'm proud of him. He's a good man. He's a good man. Good man. Good man. Good man. All right, back to the story. Shut up. All right. 
Here we go. Look, look, look. So, 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 so she says, Mr. Dabbs, everything's fine. She goes, on my computer. They called New Zealand. They told them they're pushing your schools by one day. We got everything's fine. We're going to take care of you. Matter of fact, look out that door. They had big double glass doors. See that limousine? He's yours. He's yours. He's going to take you wherever you want to go, take you to your hotel. He'll bring you back tomorrow and we're going to fly. He'll take you wherever you want to go. We got a hotel. You're at the embassy suites. Oh, it was nice. The embassy suites are nice. I said, cool. I said, I said thank you very much. I said, anywhere, anywhere you want to go. Now, y'all know good and well. If I'm in California and I got a limo and a driver, I ain't going to no hotel. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know where I went, right? McDonald's. Hey, I don't Brother got to eat. Nah, we went through the drive through too. You know what I'm saying? I got to the window to pay. I'm standing in the sunroof like, hey. It was good, y'all. It was good. It was good. It was good. Stop, stop, stop. I know, I know. I know the spiritual people. You're like, he hasn't even read a scripture yet. <laughs> it's okay. I'll drop one on you. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Some of y'all need a drink. No, the medicine is <laughs> wrong with you. All right. All right, here we go, here we go, here we go. <laughs> Somebody touch your neighbor and say, oh, my goodness. Oh, my There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. When I got to the Embassy Suite Hotel, I'm on the 12th floor. It was nice. But here's the problem. Your problem. I'm an East Coast brother. I'm an East Coast brother. So I'm on the West Coast, and it's midnight. That's 3 a.m. I got to go to bed. I got to sleep. So I go to bed. I'm sleeping. I'm out. I'm out. Out. And that's when it happened. The voice in my head said, "Uh uh-oh. And I said, "Uh uh-oh, what? And before I could, I was in an earthquake in San Francisco. No, 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 y'all. Everything shaking. Everything. TV shaking, curtain shaking, bed shaking. I'm shaking. All I could think of was, I'm on the 12th floor. I wonder who under me on the 11th floor. <laughs> Whoever they are, they're going to die. All right? So I did what anybody did. I jumped out of bed. I'm like, ah! When I jumped up, I went, ah! All of a sudden, it stopped. It's over. It's done. I turn on the TV. Anybody ever watch early morning news? That's the most pathetic stuff ever on TV. You should be watching Columbo reruns. I'm just saying, all right? All of a sudden, I turn on the TV, and the weather guy's like, y'all feel that? That was an earthquake. It's going to be sunny in 72 today. So I grabbed my iPad, I grabbed my iPad on my iPad. I went on Wi-Fi and I grabbed my iPad and I, I went over. And the first thing that popped up, first thing that popped up, it said this. Earthquake. 6.5 on the Richter scale. Thousands dead. Thousands injured. Father loves son. December 7th, 1988. <laughs> December 7th? But then something some, some came out at me. Earthquake. Six more than on risk scale. Thousands dead, thousands injured. Father loves son. What's that got to do anything? Father loves son. Why is that even there? Father loves son. So if you know anything about iPads, if you touch anything in the search screen, it will take you there. So I touched Father loves son. And it took me there. And this is what it said. Oh, wait a minute. Where's the little girl playing the keyboard? Where's she at? Where's that little girl? <laughs> stop, stop, stop. You were not playing that keyboard. 
You were playing that? Doing praise worship. Okay. Dude, I thought, wow. I got jet lag because I could have swore that was a great. Well, they both had holes. <laughs> Jeff Dio, you did that to me. Watch this. So, so I hit on my back. Here's what it says. On December 7, 1988, a dad opened his son's bedroom door early in the morning. The son was sound asleep. So the dad did something a little strange. He fell on all fours and crawled across the bedroom floor. That's weird. When he peeked over the edge of the bed watching his son sleep, he started whispering the same phrase over and over and over again. And every time he said it, he got a little louder. He said, Then it got weird. I'll always be here for you. <laughs> okay, no, it didn't. I just added that. <laughs> I don't like scary movies, y'all. I don't even, I don't even go there. Who loves scary movies? Who loves them? Loves them. What is wrong with you people? Okay, look, if I'm right, clap your hands. All you people love scary movies. Wait, if I'm right, clap. In scary movies, black people die first. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know some of you are like, can he say that? <laughs> All right. The dad got louder. I'll always be here for you. By the time the dad was like, I'll always be here for you. Little boy's laughing, laughing, just a first grader. Dad scoops him up, gets him showered and dressed, feeds him breakfast, and hand in hand, they walk to the school at the end of the street. When he gets to the school at the bottom of the steps by the school gate, one more time, dad gets on both knees and says, son, I'll always be here for you. Watches him run up the steps to his classroom. I know what you're thinking. Where's mom? Oh, you see, two years earlier, mom died in a car accident. And that was the first time the dad ever looked at his son at the funeral and said, I'll always be here for you. And for every day he quit, he was a lawyer, this dad was, took another job where he didn't have to go to work till after school started. When he, his school was over, he got off early so he could be at the school gate every day with his boy, every day. And when he met him, I'll always be here for you. When he said, I'll always be here for you. No matter, I'll always be here for you. That boy knew that no matter what his day held, his daddy would be there for him. But on December 7, 1988, when he, his dad was going to work, that earthquake hit. It shook everything. His dad was watching buildings fall, watching people fall out of buildings. He dropped his briefcase, never found it again, turned and started running back to the school. When he turned the corner and his eyes could see the school, the school was a three-story building. It had 1,009 kids in classrooms when the earthquake hit, but the building was too weak. It couldn't handle the pressure, and it collapsed on all the kids, and it buried them all alive. The dad vomited on the concrete, ran to where all he could see were the steps his son just ran up. The school entrance his son just went through. And he closed his eyes and the dad started thinking back to the first day of school. You know why, brother? On the first day of school, he did not just take his son to the gate. He took him to his classroom. So the dad knew. One, eight steps to get in the building, turn left. 29 steps down the hall, turn right. 13 steps, turn left. And he's in front of the classroom. And when he got there, he started digging. For two, five, nine, twelve, fifteen hours he dug. He stopped because he couldn't feel his fingers anymore. He looked down, blood everywhere. 
were. So he took his shirt off, wrapped his left hand in it, took his t-shirt off, wrapped his right hand in it, and kept digging. Fifteen became twenty-four. An entire day and night he dug, but he wouldn't stop. He promised his son he would be there for him. At twenty-nine hours, thirty-two hours, thirty-six hours, he started hallucinating. At thirty-nine hours, there was a piece of concrete. He found a piece of iron, shoved it into the corner, moved the concrete as a hole in the ground. He couldn't dig anymore, so he laid on his stomach and yelled in the hole, son. Second time he yelled, son. Third time he yelled, son. And then from the darkness, his son yelled, dad, I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. I knew you'd come. And the dad said, take my hand. And the little boy goes, I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. He goes, what's wrong, son? Are you stuck? He goes, no. He goes, dad, you got to take my friends first. And he felt a hand. He pulled a kid out. And another, and another, and another. 23 times the dad reached in the hole. Every time a kid grabbed his hand, and on the last one, his son grabbed his hand and he pulled him out. The Bible says in Psalms chapter 40, verse 1, I waited patiently on the Lord and he turned to me and he heard my cry. Did y'all hear what I said? I waited patiently on the Lord and he turned to me. When I sat up there, I ain't going to lie, y'all. There was two other black people in the whole school. Over a thousand people and there's two black people. And now y'all like, well, you shouldn't worry about that. You try being one of two black people in the whole school. Sitting right up there. I started going, why why am am I here? Not to mention, I was in a hole. I was buried. See, nobody knew when I sat up there that my mom gave me away. That I grew up in foster care my whole life. See, nobody knew when I sat up there that I only had one name until I was 14. My name was Reggie. You know when they do attendance in class, everybody's got a first and a last name? Oh, no, no, no. When I was little, it was just Reggie. No one ever said nothing. I was eight years old when my mom and dad came to school for parent-teacher conference and After it was over, I saw my friends with their parents, and I noticed all my friends' parents are young, but my parents are old. And I looked in the car going home from the back seat to the front seat. I yelled, hey, why y'all old? (laughs) Don't ever do that. (laughs) They put me at the kitchen table to have a talk and told me that I was in foster care. But no, it got worse. Then they said, your mom kept your brother. His name is Keith. Your mom kept both your sisters, Anna and Jeanette. But your mama said that you were a mistake and she hated the day that you were born. I was right there. Nobody knew. You get the title? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I know that little boy, when his, he didn't even know his dad was digging, coming after him. But I know in his mind he's thinking, I got to get out of here. He couldn't hear the moving of the rocks. He couldn't hear the moving of the sorrow. He couldn't hear the moving of the shame, the moving of the pain, the moving of the, the things he wished he'd never done, the places you wish you'd never gone. But you come in a place like this and God has a way of drawing you and the devil has a way of separating you. Don't let him separate you. Because I belonged right there and you belong right here. You belong right here. I really fought with this because the next verse says, he lifted me out of my slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Hey, can I say something? When God reaches into your hole, you got to let him take your hand. Hey, don't say, oh, not me. Take us. And the boy started. What did the boy say first? I can't. Are you stuck? No. Take my friends first. See, that could be good and bad. Hello? Hello? 
God came for you this morning. Now, I know, I know, I know. Y'all be watching your clock. Some of you like, I get to class early. Go ahead. That means you wasn't supposed to hear this sermon anyway. I don't mind. So any day, next two days, you think I'm out. It ain't going to bother me. You can bounce. I do public schools. Y'all get that? I do prisons. You want to know if you're good? Go to prison. They will tell you the truth. But watch this. Somebody in this room, shame is your whole. You've been carrying the shame of something that you did forever. You need to let that shame go. You got to get out of here. You got to get out of shame. Earlier, the word anxiety came up. And dude, it was just like trumpets and flags went. Somebody's dealing with that. Look, I'm not, I'm not pomp and circumstance, build you up. I know I'm funny. I love humor. All my sermons have that. But when it comes down to the altar call, it's between you and God. It says he lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire, and he set my feet on the rock. Did you know from eight years old when I was told my story till I was 21, I was suicidal and nobody knew? Do you know that Doug, and Doug was, he was one of my friends. He had no idea, no idea, no, it's something that I had. I was very popular here. It was, a, but nobody knew. Nobody knew, nobody knew, nobody knew, nobody knew, but I sit right there. One of my heroes is here today. Gary Grogan, look at you. He remembers, he reached into my hole. I was still a student. I used to go do a thing called Chicago Outreach, and he would always spend time with me. Tater, look at you. God is putting people in your life to pull you out. But let me tell you something right now. You got to come clean. You got to be real, y'all. You just got to be real. Now, I'll finish this tomorrow. I'll finish the scripture tomorrow. But verse 3 says, he put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise. The next three days, some of you need to get a new song. But you can't sing until you let go can't there's no way I hate stages I really do I like it I might preach the rest but y'all can't see me up there hey um I need every suicidal kid in the room I need you to come to me because we need to crush that demon now and forevermore you got 25 seconds to get out you say who cares what people think it's about you every suicidal kid in the room 25, 24, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9. Now it gets rough. 8. Now it gets real. 7, 6, 5, 4, 
three. Hey, I still got two seconds. Could you do me a favor? If your best friend's beside you and you know they're struggling with this, your roommate, just lean over and say, come on, let's go. You got two seconds. Two. Just ask them. If, they, if you got somebody asking you, don't get mad at your friend. You should reward your friend because you got somebody who's willing to put their friendship on the line with you so that you can find hope, so that you can find love, so you can find peace. That's what a real friend's about. That's what they're about. Two. Awesome. Y'all beautiful. You know that, don't you? It's about to get crowded. You know why? If you love somebody up here struggling with this, you need to get out of your seat and run and get as close to them as you can. Come on, come on, come on. Just put your hand on somebody in front of you. You're eventually going to be touching somebody who's praying for this, who's wanting this. And let God just touch them right now. Let them touch them. Let them touch them right now. Let them touch them. I'm going to wait for you because we're family, y'all. Y'all got that? This is family. Dude, if somebody would have just preached this when I was here, if somebody would have just said this, but that's okay. I get to say it to you. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're beautiful. Jesus touched my girl. Touch her right now. Let her feel your presence. Let her know that she can make it right now. Let her know, God. There's a difference between a thought and an action. There's a difference between that. There's a difference between that. There's a difference between that. There's a difference. God, I pray, God, that you would just break that chain. Somebody yell, break that chain. Say it again. Say it again. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, give hope. Give hope, give hope, God. God, give hope, God, right now, Jesus. Give hope, give hope. Give hope, Jesus. Give hope right now. I pray, God, that you would give hope. God, give hope. Give hope. And then everybody stop. Everybody look up, especially those of you who came forward. I don't know if you can do this. Can you bring the lights back up one more time? 80% of your school is not in their seat anymore. I didn't ask them all to come. And some of them don't even know who y'all are. And you thought you were alone? Somebody woke up before the sun rose this morning and that voice said to you, you know, you by yourself. Nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. You got to start living on the promises of God. His promises are yes and amen. He said that he'll give you a new song. And my prayer right now is that that new song is starting to be written for you right here, right now. In this moment, at this moment, that God will touch you. You know what? It's one thing to pray. It's another thing to have action. And it's cool. I love praying. Praying is cool. But prayer should lead you to action so that the world may see him. And that's what this is about. So people look at me and go, why you do altar calls? Why you make people come forward? Something happens when you move. When you pray, it's spiritual. Y'all got this? Prayer is very spiritual. Moving is very physical. When you do something spiritual and physical, it opens the door for supernatural to happen in your life. Do you know what we just did this morning? We just opened up the door for supernatural to take place. Not because it's a special three days. No, it's because God is here. And he wants to take us to another place. And that's what this is about. We're going to sing a chorus. While we sing this chorus, you ready? I need every kid who came forward. We prayed, but now we got to have action.
they need to be hugged by at least 20 people and have you whisper in their ear, everything's going to be all right, and get hugged again. and get See, but some of y'all are like, I got a bubble. I don't do that. <laughs> For the next, like, three minutes during this worship and praise song, you don't have no bubble. Matter of fact, we're going to turn into a love fest up at North Central University right now. I don't care if you're in the balcony on the floor. As we sing this chorus before somebody comes and dismiss, I've already gone two minutes over. What is wrong with you, Reggie? All right. <laughs> As we sing this chorus, hug each other, hug it out. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, tell them, tell your friend, tell your neighbor. As we sing, hug it out. Come on, come on, hug it out, hug it out, hug it out. You did good, girl. Y'all sing it out, sing it out, sing it out. Get out of here. No, you just put that on that thing. 